Good day, ladies and gentlemen, as well as our non-conforming friends. You have found the Standalone Podcast, the podcast where we encourage you to laugh a bit with us, listen as we take you on some grand adventure disregarding the norm, and howl at the midnight moon with us when the clouds clear. So, pull up a stump and grab your favorite mug or other drinking vessel and enjoy the show. Thank you. for an awesome day, awesome time, awesome few minutes. I know I sure am. Good morning. How's everybody doing? Oh, we gotta, we gotta, yeah, okay. <laughs> Once in a while, we get these little, like, in inner sister it's inner sister inner system uh alerts they're great things uh they just let us know that everything is working how it's supposed to work but uh overall they're a they're a really helpful thing now Today, we're going to do something not really different. We're all about different. We enjoy a good laugh. And we also are uh, joined today by the Superdog. The Superdog is right here in studio. So, let me move this chair over. Oh my goodness. Here we get settled back into this chair. We took a break from Twitch for a while. We were exploring another avenue and uh, can't say that I really enjoyed it more. Maybe as time moves on, we will uh, discuss it more, give out some details. But right now, that is not the way it is appearing that it should go. Um, so basically we were streaming to another place. Uh, not to cut Twitch out of the mix at all. I actually, when we drew up the plans for doing this, pardon me, I'm getting some more coffee. Um, when we drew up the plans for this, uh, the, the initial trial time, trial period, we were uh, anticipating a six week trial period and uh, we turned it into a, about a, two and a half month so that that would be more like 10 weeks but either way it didn't pan out it's okay we 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 didn't really maintain what we hoped to maintain so we are just all about the noises today we have this the system alert now we have the beeping in the background i took my watch off and laid it outside uh the bunker here and uh it has a mind of its own sometimes but anyways that is the price of being live and i am here with a cup of coffee believe it or not i don't think this is the intenso um, I think we're going to be doing an episode on coffee, uh, because I'm a huge coffee buff. I love coffee. I mean, it is great. It, uh, it's one of the things that helps get me through my day most of the time. 
But speaking of fees, today on the Standalone Podcast, we will be discussing the fee for, or excuse me, the fee for man's work. It is, it is comprised of two ideas. The idea of a fee and the importance of the fee. So each of these parts play into why we pay fees and uh, we could source probably back to the idea of paying the Pied Piper or other proverbs similar to that but we are not specifically talking about any one proverb we're talking about the idea of the fee so before we begin I just want to say thank you all for watching um, or listening pardon me um, and I think Gene Simmons this is a couple weeks ago just outed himself as an anti-anti-jab man let me try that again an anti-anti-jab man whatever hey good for him by the way um, rest in peace Bob Saget apparently the old man died uh, I didn't really ever get into watching like I think he was on Full House if I'm not mistaken I don't know but I didn't really you know celebrate his life much so uh, we'll do that now but a couple weeks ago Mediaite reported that Gene Simmons tells anti-vaxxers uh, if you're willing to walk among us if you're willing to walk among us unvaccinated you are the enemy hey guess what that's great for him in the article though it is implied that one of the kiss guitar techs died from the cove id about a month before you done over there okay the article also heavily implies that the band had quote unquote lax cove id protocols and those laxities may have contributed to the death the article then goes on to state that the band shifted blame to the crew claiming the crew hid illnesses and carried forge um vax jab cards finally the article states that Simmons compared Cove ID deniers and downplayers to quote unquote the Flat Earth Society people. Okay. But this is not a medical program, and I do not want to give any form of medical advice. I'm merely speaking philosophically from the perspective of a musician and maybe once in a while from a uh, person of faith but i think it is irresponsible to take a jab of something that we do not understand and perhaps you could say that i am anti anti unresearched jab man maybe not in a literal sense but with all that said We should continue the price that comes with the thing. And right now, that would be the price of admission for a show like this. If you are watching on one of the video platforms, you are probably watching this on Twitch right now because that's where we are streaming this, uh, the, the live, the video aspect of this anyway. If you're, if you're watching, if you're listening, if you're watching, yes, 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 yes. Click the link in the description or jump over to Spotify for the full show. Now, right now, we don't have it up. Why do we not have it up? Because, well, it's on Spotify. And uh, this is kind of like our first day back. And I am not prepared. And that is very poor on me. Bad, Jacob, bad. <laughs> no, seriously, though. Go over and listen to it. But you got to wait until 
the end of the show because obviously it doesn't exist at this point so as we make it and we put it together we're gonna post it over there so you can find it there and if you want to watch the full well yeah the full video show you can jump over to uh, the bit shoot and we will be posting the full video show on bit shoot so that is where that will be if you want to watch clips we will be arranging a place just for clips if you're interested in that so the idea of the fee is simply this let me grab some coffee the idea of a fee a fee is necessary in a system that uses currency so currency could be defined as an agreed-upon form of exchange. Examples given would be time, labor, monies, items. The idea could be simplified to the concept non-transactionable. Non what on earth is going on here? Okay. Non-transactable items are not counted toward one's currency counts. Currency acts as a stabilizer in a market. So when the market is stable, um, the people have what is called leverage based on the value of whatever they're bringing to the market just as the person who is selling has leverage based on what they're bringing to the market so usually in a in a system where capital money is uh somewhat valued you can bring a dollar bill or let's say a peso for that matter a pound a yen you can take the standard of currency to the marketer, to the uh, clerk, if you would, the, the individual who is selling something, and they can set the price at one yen. And you can say, I'll take one piece of bread for one yen. That is incredibly expensive, by the way. But hey, you know what? To each their own. Have it your way. When currency acts as a stabilizer in the market, typically it helps to create a sense of security, security that the item purchased indeed resembles the item it is claimed to resemble. Now, at that rate, currency is one of the aspects of wealth. It is not itself necessarily wealth. It, it is closely related to wealth as a fee is to wealth. But currency is an object with which we pay the fee. So we can exchange time for things and we can also exchange things such as money for other things such as bread meat beans wealth is commonly used to quell the fear of lacking in times of perceived need or anticipated need typically this is an issue that takes a toll on the fairer of the twain women that is and traditionally it was the men who were seen as the breadwinners now that is an interesting form of phrasing if you are into phraseology or linguistics to any degree breadwinner one who wins bread men were the ones to whom was given the responsibility to provide by the Almighty, per the Almighty, which means it is not anti-woman to want to provide a better life for a singular 
woman. Now, it is, however, difficult to maintain pursuit of a goal of that caliber while having to fight against every other desire. This, I would argue, is where discipline becomes a necessity. It is where discipline is that aspect of growth we must afford. The price or the fee of discipline is the giving up of that which we feel has importance in favor of learning what is truly important and developing ways of dealing with what is important versus what we feel is important. And it, it really goes to show you something about a civilization. When the men have forgotten how to work, why they work, why they should work, and for whom they should work. And that is an interesting bit that is often twisted up, like how to work, you know? Get up early, get a shower, spend your day doing something productive, not 20 minutes. Yes, you might have to work up to uh, a full day, but that depends on what your goals are. If your goal is to do something great, this would be the phrase, or this would be the point where the phrase is very applicable. Good is the enemy of great. And at that rate, it is remarkably difficult to attempt to develop something really one can't develop because they themselves are underdeveloped. So it is necessary to remember, to discover, to experience, to discipline one's self how to work, which brings us to why we work, why men work. It's a reprieve. It brings a sense of purpose and accomplishment. And at the same time, it provides clarity for alleged commitments, for what we say we are going to do and how that is manifest. And that would be part of why they should work. Because those things, purpose, ideals, desires, those are all important things. And how better to represent those things, how better to put those things out into the world and make them real manifest in a sense. And I, I don't like using that word, but it, it is kind of what it is. Make tangible the purpose. Uh, to quote Davy Havoc from AFI, he was talking about making the AFI, making AFI. And somebody asked him how he makes it. He said, what do you mean? You just make it you go out put music together put music on cd press cd you made it now you must sell it i i added the last part you must sell it but in reality that's what he's saying and and i nearly completely agree with that it's a very very in it's a very explicit idea with the gravity being implicit Finally, for whom should they work? The family or the boss? 
That tends to be the question, the future or the weekend? The money or the cause? Do you go to work, to work for the weekend, and then party on the weekend so you can go back to work and party for the weekend? At that rate, it seems like a dismal experience. It devalues the work, and when the work is devalued, whoever does the work, that who becomes unimportant, replaceable, expendable. And this could be seen as a step to destabilizing the value of manliness. And this is where I would make a really, really strong argument for masculinity being under attack. And that's not always popular in itself, but I think it's overwhelmingly true. It's also very hard to convince someone that masculinity isn't under attack as masculinity is being deprived in the culture men aren't growing up to be men boys aren't growing up to be men they're growing up to learn they should have a complex about being a man so there are fees to everything and even that idea in itself men being in a sense displaced has a fee being polite has a fee in the form of euphemistic language so this brings us to the idea that the idea that quality has cost and that is why talent should charge so the importance of the fee goes like this or something very similar to this. It goes like the fee does not act as an abstract. A, a an isolated factor. It does not act as a moral component. It isn't it is an honorable thing at that rate to pay a fee to the talent because if the fee had a moral component then we then we would all be bound to the virtues of payment and we could not find waivers we could not find coupons coupons or however you'd like to phrase it we would not be able to find a discount and that is where the words become interesting in so much as forgiveness goes. Uh, I once heard somebody explain theological forgiveness or the concept of forgiveness as a resetting of debt, which is a very interesting way of looking at it. And I, I wouldn't disagree with it. It's it's that's that's heavy, though. So, along with the idea of euphemistic language and it being and it being honorable to pay fees, it does not mean that we should pay a third party for a service under the euphemistic language of surcharge. No, I think that is a that is a form of robbery. And it is related to the idea of overtaxation of a man's earnings. It it kind of rests on the idea of how many times can a man's dollar be taxed? You know? So if I have to pay income tax and then I have to pay state tax and then I have to pay food tax you know, you can politicize it as each one of those are administered by a different set of individuals. And there's an amount of truth there. 
But there's a larger, I would argue, overarching issue that the concept of taxation without representation is being misappropriated in some sense. And uh, I, I, I don't think I'm going to go into it right now. I want, I want to make sure I get my argument down because uh, I think there are some things to be said about how many times a dollar can be, pardon me, or even should be taxed. Because I understand the reality to some degree, the principally that fees do help keep the lights on and the water running and the car gassed and the car insured insurance that's another racket you know fees are the essence of business though but extraneous fees should be considered theft the problem is we can't always see it that way because not every single fee is theft and that's where it becomes a complicated issue. And I think fees could be simplified to this proverb, okay? So we opened with the proverb that, um, I think I have it written down up here. Let me go up here and look. I'm not finding it. Well, I guess it would be down here further. No, I don't think I included it. That's interesting. But anyways, the, the idea of fees, I think, could easily be simplified to this proverb the love of money is the root of all evil if you can justify taking a man's item you can justify taking a man's life it really is that simple now all evil at that rate comes from the same place and that's what the word is cautioned or cautioning and I do think as far as that goes fees themselves aren't bad it's what the fee is paying for if you're paying a fee because say the child broke their arm okay I get that however if you're paying a fee to the doctor so the doctor can tell you to go home put some ice on it wrap it and stay off of it for a day or so no I don't think that's fair I don't think it's right it doesn't mean that everything's gonna go to I guess you could say it back to you know little house on the prairie sort of deal by the same token i i'm hard pressed to believe that if you get a if you if you take an ambulance ride it is something like three thousand dollars or fifteen hundred dollars it doesn't matter it's some it's some outrageous number okay i get it you got to pay for insurance well here's my question if if me paying for that if me getting that bill in the mail is paying for it are you seriously telling me that none of my tax dollars are going there but if i disagree with where they're going i can't negotiate where my tax dollars go kind of seems to me like it's a flat system not a flat tax a flat system so in a sense you could say that my dollar is taken from me 
and in return, I'm getting a small list of, let's call them benefits for a second, which I don't know I would even call them that per se, but if I get that small list, and then after that small list, I get into an accident. And the things I was under the impression I was paying for, I'm not paying for. At what point does it begin to constitute fraud? Now, I'm not suggesting for one single second that the state, that the government is committing fraud. Please don't misunderstand me. I'm asking, why isn't the list a little more comprehensive? I understand paying taxes. I'm not opposed to paying taxes. I think taxes can be, can be a great idea. So in principle, I'm in favor of taxes. I just don't believe that, or I simply don't believe that overtaxing people is a way of the government acting appropriately. Furthermore, if the government has to force you to pay your taxes, if they must use force, maybe we should, maybe they should ask, why do we have to use force? Because the person won't pay. Why won't the person pay? Because they don't believe they should. Well, hold on a second. I'm not on that page. Maybe we should start on the right page. The love of money is the root of all evil. If the state is not a money-making machine, then okay, fine, let's talk. I don't have an issue. But fees, fees are where it starts. If the government can legislate fees and say you must pay, then the government is in business of currency, maintaining the flow of. And I think that's where we're going to leave it for today. I can fully admit that I am probably wrong on many aspects of this. Yes. Um, just remember though, the love of money is the root of all evil. So that's where we're going to leave the video podcast and go strictly to audio where I'll be reading and analyzing a poem. The best of my understanding, the poem is called cross my heart. And uh, many of you may know it or know part of it. And remember, if you were watching on one of the video platforms, probably after the, the show ends, jump on over to the bit shoot or the Spotify and you can watch and listen. You can listen to the full show on Spotify. The standalone podcast airs standalone podcast video airs. I got it all wrong. I have it written down and I just didn't read it right. The standalone podcast airs as a live video stream. And if you are interested in supporting the standalone podcast, be sure to click the like and subscribe buttons, whether you are watching on BitChute or YouTube or any other platform. If you are listening on Spotify, we are going to give you just a few seconds to re-up on the munchies and top off the drink. And we will be back around the fire momentarily. Thanks for tuning in, and don't forget to bring the croutons. My name is Jacob Coons Jr., and you are listening to the standalone podcast. For those of you who are still sticking with us through the uh, transition to uh, Spotify, and for those of you who are just picking this up like a random house book, we appreciate each and every one of you. Well, I do anyway. I don't know if the rest of the team does.
The rest of the team are a bunch of jerks. Mostly because their names are myself and I. But. We are going to be looking at a poem. And this poem is called Cross My Heart. And it's where we get the idea, cross my heart, hope to die, stick a needle in my eye. And a lot of times, we tend to be very willy-nilly with our words, and I include myself in that. And it is a habit I am trying to break. Um, a lot of the reason I came to this poem is because when we think about what is being said, as we're saying something like, cross my heart, hope to die, stick a needle in my eye. It's sort of like a dark mother goose rhyme. And I think one of the things about rhymes is they can, they can indicate to us some part of our human nature and how exactly we operate. Now, this poem I do not believe is much different. And I happened across most of it uh, when I was researching most of the, you know, the, the video portion of the podcast, when I was researching some things for that and uh, some of the jokes for it, as a matter of fact. And I came across that. And I also, it, it was interesting on a, on a personal level because I also have a song that I wrote five plus years ago, probably longer than that. And the, the song is called You'll See. And the point of the song draws that, it draws inference from that rhyme, that children's rhyme. And it very much reminded me when I was when I was doing the research and I came across this and then I read I read something in the research where this rhyme was referenced and I thought to myself well I, I should probably go back and you know take a take another look at that rhyme and in reality it's take a look at the rhyme but When I looked at the rhyme, it was enough to make me really contemplate the contents of the song. And I do want to read the whole thing here to you today. Um, the complete poem. I'm going to hope I don't butcher it. I'm going to leave a link to this poem on probably minds, M-I-N-D-S dot com. And I might, you know, link it 
from Twitter to Minds. Because I, I, I really think people should, you know, use social media to follow particular things. And, you know, this would be kind of a shameless little plug there. But in all reality, in all reality, I'm, I'm a little bit fascinated by these poems. Excuse me. So. The poem. Cross my heart and hope to die. Stick a needle in my eye. Wait a moment. I spoke a lie. I never really wanted to die. But if I may, and if I might, my heart is open for tonight. Though my lips are sealed and a promise is true, I won't break my word to you. Now, that's the first verse. The second verse is cross my heart hope to die stick a needle in my eye a secret is a secret my word is forever i will tell no one about your cruel endeavor you claim no pain but i see right through your words in everything you do teary eyes broken heart life has torn you apart That's the second verse. And when I read it, it kind of, even in the first verse, I don't recall there being anything like explicit about, I mean, sure, cross my heart, hope to die. But what could make what could make that a reliable proposition? And I got to the third verse here. Third verse. Cross my heart, hope to die. Stick a needle in my eye. I loved you then, I love you now. I'll still love you, though I break my vow. I can't hold this secret any longer it's hurting you not making me not making you stronger you are my friend so i'll risk your respect by hurting you i can protect i'll save yourself since you will not you might hate me but i'll give it a shot i'm willing to risk our bond that we own as long as you're safe you won't be alone So as I'm reading it, it's almost as though there's this afterthought. Cross my heart, hope to die, stick a needle in my eye, break my promise, tell a lie, save my friend, though maybe it's goodbye. Now, on this website I'm getting this from, there's somebody who makes this very interesting observation. They say, it's a person named Chris, just so you know. After a little research, he says, she says, they say, it looks like this phrase is recorded around 1908. Catholicism online thinks it comes from Matthew chapter 5, 33 through 37, and is children's slang version of that Bible passage. And they mainly stick to the cross my heart, hope to die, stick a needle in my eye, wait a moment, I spoke a lie, I never really wanted to die. But if I may and if I might, my heart is open for tonight. Though my lips are sealed and a promise is true, I won't break my word to you. This is where they really 
stake their ground. True or not, I don't know. I am very fascinated by things like this. If you want to know what I think it is, I think it's a token of friendship. Because friendship is hard. Not only is friendship hard, it, it, it's one of those endeavors that harken back to the sense of false security. Most times, we want to believe the best of something, someone. A situation but in reality it, it it very much easily sways the other way it swings the other way where we as people mess up that's what we do and we're good at it but to press through let's call it a mess up into a light of grace, a light of mercy, a light of desire for better. It feels like death. One could easily imagine that's not difficult to illustrate. And I think that's kind of what this poem discusses to some degree. Um, there are some other people on here who had some interesting takes on this. Michael, for instance, says, after checking several of my etymological resources, the first clause cross my heart, hope to die, worked its way into usage via the, via the playground. A pre-reformation form, it says read Catholic, a pre-reformation form of an oath based on the hand gestures involved with crossing oneself. The second clause, sticks, stick a needle in my eye. Is rather more geographically related, appearing in southeast England. Now, I don't know. Again, I'm just fascinated in a sense by the imagery and the message, potential meaning, things like this. And I think one more caught my eye down a little bit further. Um, I think it's Mary, M-A-R-I. On the origin, this individual, uh, we will go with she, says, there isn't one. Cross my heart and hope to die originated as a religious oath uttered by Christians. I'm not saying I agree with this or disagree with this, mind you. This is just, I, I saw this and it kind of took me back a little bit. And I thought it was an interesting take. She continues, The rest of it, no doubt, arose when children took the original oath and wanted to strengthen it. As they certainly, as youngsters, did not grasp the solemn significance of that oath to religious people. And then below that, she just simply said, not a poem. So I suppose at that rate, you can take your pick as to what you think the origin and meaning and purpose for that matter is. I think there are or is a Christian origin to it to some degree. And uh, that is not to mean Catholic origin, that is to mean um, follower of Christ origin, because if you probably follow the lineage 
of the ideas back. To me, this is where it harkens into man being good at messing up. Because man trusting his heart, uh, Bible saying man's heart is uh, desperately wicked, deceitful, and untrustworthy. And I can see how that would be interpreted by early Christians, early uh, followers, church goers, if you would. The people who were afraid to really put their opinion out there. I can see how that would be interpreted as cross my heart and I, I'll die for it. You know, I will double cross my heart if it means that I get to do the God honoring thing, living for him, dying for him. And I, I suppose that's more of just a personal theory on it. Um, I can't back it up with anything. Um, I'm, I'm very interested in what other people might think. So if you have a countering opinion, please do uh, drop a comment on the, uh, on the minds or on the, uh, the Twitter. Um, the Facebook, wherever, uh, even to a point, the, the, uh, the bit shoot, I don't really, um, I don't really care where, how you would get it to me like that, but ab absolutely, please go ahead. I'm interested in figuring out how you would assess this as a listener, as a thinker, as a person of faith as a person without faith or however but i think that's where we're going to leave today's episode altogether. so i hope you all enjoyed it my name is jacob coons jr and you are listening to the standalone podcast and this is an audio exclusive for our friends over at spotify and if you're enjoying the show be sure to jump over and leave a like on the facebook page Subscribe on uh, BitChute, download on Spotify, leave us a five-star review or a five-star rating, read, leave a review, and we will be sure to read it as long as it is air-appropriate for young ears. Thank you all. My name is Jacob Coons.